0: Welcome, welcome, welcome. before this is over, I'm gonna need a whole lot of serious therapy. I don't give a crap if you covered yourself in peanut butter and had a 1500 gang man. This is the award-winning podcast with me, Warren Robinson. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? If you're good at something, never do it for free. Podcast may not have any awards. I'm so his one big pile of shit. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not even going to introduce this guy uh, too dramatically because you all know who he is. Please welcome up on stage, Mr. John Blissmas.
1: Hello everyone in this excellent place.
0: I, uh, we were actually just talking about it a little bit uh, off stage, but... John is the person that got me into stand-up comedy. Um, Sorry
1: about that, everyone.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, what happened was I was uh, I was at university for some of those seven years, and I was drunk because that's why I spent seven years at university. And uh, and John was doing an FMB gig, and uh, and he was trying to be like a serious comic and empower all of us with FMB business cards or something uh, for money, because you know that's who John is. he only, he only does things that mean something to him, uh, and then. Uh, and, and then I was drunk, so I heckled him. And afterwards, he came to me and he said, he said you should come and do stand-up. And I thought, what a, what a good man. Like, what a, to take that kind of like, me heckling him and then to respond by saying, I need to get you to do stand-up comedy. And I only found out that actually it wasn't a good thing. <laughs> that Sunday, he introed me by going, I discovered this guy uh, at Vitz University. He was in a room by himself with a very frightened-looking hamster. <laughs> Gave me the worst intro I've ever had in my entire life. Um, and unsurprisingly, despite my amazing jokes, I died. Um, yeah. so, and, and now we're here. Yeah. So, <laughs> so look at the amazing. revenge that has just happened to you, John Bliss, <laughs> 11 years in the making. Like, Welcome. Okay, all right. Um, shit, where do, where do I even start? Like, um, From the moment I was aware of pop culture, you were kind of there. And I, I mean that in a nice way, uh, oh, not thanks. in a kind of you're super old. Because when I was... When I was like uh, in high school, you right. were doing live at five. I was. At five o'clock, and I would rather watch that than live. Santa Barbara, which was the, the alternative. That was our strategy, was just
1: beat Santa Barbara. Yeah. That, yeah. Was, yeah. that yeah. was all we had to do.
0: And, and to be honest, I was watching a lot more of Candace Berman than I was watching I get watching a lot you. of that. A
1: lot of people wonder where she is. Yeah, what did happen to Rich, Candace Berman? Rich, married, oh, and locked away. <laughs> she wrote a book about her stepdad fucking her all the time. Right. You read that, right? Did no, you but I will that? now. That
0: sounds amazing.
1: like she vanished and then I saw her at Morrow's Arch and I was like what are you doing she's like I'm writing my book she was like so fucking like uptight about it and I I, what the fuck she never left Morrow's Arch and for years I'd go and visit like you know hi have a coffee she wouldn't tell me anything she just like dropped this book and it was about like fucking being like banged from the age of I don't know like tiny by her stepdad and I mean well you know so that was why she was being so fucking I just
0: want to send a message out to my stepdad yeah, you know, I lost my virginity at nineteen. If you'd put in more fucking effort, <laughs> maybe
1: he tried, but you just didn't pick up the fucking subtle hints, <laughs> Warren.
0: Yeah, maybe I'm just immune to hypnosis. Nobody maybe wants that- to abuse a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> Good. So, so was that a special time? Do you remember
1: that at all? Uh, I do a little. I was drinking a lot. Um, I took a lot of drugs. Um, I, um, I do remember it was fun. It was a lot of fun doing TV at a time when uh, there weren't a lot of rules and no one knew how to make television. So, they, like live, like pop, kind of. So we were just allowed to do it if we want until someone got upset. Right. So that was quite good. Um, <laughs> we just did shit. Like we had, we said, like we don't want to have, we don't have, like people lecturing children about like don't get raped. Like we want to get someone who's just survived rape on right. TV, and then have them talk to the camera. So okay. it, was like a, it was quite a it's quite a. I don't remember that idea. at all.
0: I remember music videos.
1: Right. Well, it was either, <laughs> like, don't get raped or watch The Prodigy. It was like a really fucking narrow band of entertainment we were going for.
0: The weirdest thing is, in order to listen to The Prodigy, you've got to go places where people want to rape you. you see, like. this is
1: what I'm saying. Great comedy is horror's neighbor. This is why I hate most comedy, because it's about fucking, you know, toll roads and what jerseys people wear. It's just fucking pointless. Right. I want comedy about leukemia. Like, that is, <laughs> that is the essence of comedy. That's where human triumph of the spirit exists.
0: Yeah, and, Wha- and, and no other form of triumph at all because leukemia is just devastatingly sad. It is. It is completely
1: without hope, and that's where you need a laugh. You know what I mean? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> So, so that was—I mean, I don't know. I, I, I literally know nothing about the kind of early days of stand-up comedy, except—except. Right. Except well, ask a few Trevor
1: tings. Noah because it was nothing until he was born, and then right. we were just troglodytes walking around, <laughs> <laughs> bumping bones. Uh, is this on? <laughs> and uh, and so there was no comedy before. In fact, you didn't exist before no. Trevor <laughs> Noah came along.
0: No, but I—I've I, heard stories, and apparently, it was a lot more rock star back then, and and. The name that always comes up... I mean, the two names that really kind of come up in how Rockstar" rock star was is Martin Jonas oh, yeah. and John <laughs> Lismas. Yes.
1: Yeah. We once did a tour for six weeks where he actually had toxic psychosis for the whole <laughs> six weeks and he thought he was Spider-Man, but, but, but like a, a Zulu version. It was, it, was, it was the hardest tour I've ever done. I, I parked a car on the stairs of the Elangheny Hotel trying to get it into the room. <laughs> He thought he was Spider-Man, so I kept going, Jesus, Martin, get fucking down from there. (laughs) It was really difficult. I don't know how we got through it, but we we did. It was very different, and now every comedian's got a fucking podcast and a brand plan. It's a whole different, it's a different thing. I mean, no, I'm not.
0: If it helps, I'm drunk while I do my podcast.
1: You were just ordering <laughs> shooters for the audience, so like you've got cred, man. It's, it's fine. good. Good,
0: I'm, glad. I'm I glad. just,
1: yeah, it's more sensible now, and it's probably a good thing. You know, more comedians are alive and they survive. There's a lot of mild comedians, but I mean, I think it was a good fire that we were sort of forged in. You know, yeah. it was fucking. Da- there were no rules. There were five, seven of us, maybe. Thanks. So like, just stay alive and fucking face the audience, and you pretty much had a career, you know. But,
0: but there are a lot of urban legends from that kind of <laughs> yes, era where are. people people tell stories about ah, mm. oh, you know, what it was like to yeah. do the early kind of gigs and what how crazy it was. And I mean, Kajiso told some story on about you podcast, on this fucking podcast, which yeah. I so, heard. So yeah, if you're a John Vismes fan, go back, listen to the early Go Carissa. listen to that. Uh, uh, but <laughs> but Kajiso told a story uh, about you having. Like a heart attack at some point. What, yes. What, what's the truth of that? No,
1: no, well, okay. So Alex J. told people I had a heart attack in a, on a German nightclub. Like, no. I, what do you
0: mean? Did he just tell it on like his radio show? Well, or? He just told everyone this was oh. what happened,
1: and I'm like, no, bro, you weren't there. You fucking idiot. Um, um. <laughs> so I never had. I never had a. Um. I never had a. Uh, technically, I didn't have a drug-induced heart attack. I had a. Um. I had a few episodes, but. Um. You know. You know, you, that's what happens when you, you know, you... I'm, I'm
0: almost sad that that's not a real story. Like yeah, he own.
1: involved an in airport, like Kajiso was saying, I couldn't get on... I once had a panic attack, I was trying to get on a plane, and it was a little bit, like, claustrophobic. So so I did struggle, uh, but I, I got on the plane, I found some tranquilizers, so I managed to get on there. And um, I did once have a bit of an episode where I thought I was snorting ecstasy, but it was actually some fucking nerds anti-anxiety medication. <laughs> did three lines of that, and I fucking... I really didn't feel great, but I was incredibly calm throughout the whole episode. Um, but the thing, the only hard thing I actually had was I got a flu. Like a, it's like flu. I wasn't actually partying at that stage. I was in bed with flu. And then like on the third morning, I had a, a new child. Um, I mean, uh, my wife had given birth to her. Um, um, so my daughter was kind of lying between us. She was very small. She was like a tiny baby. And, and, and I, it was my turn to like feed her, I think. That morning, so, so she was on a bottle, so I, got, I, I was feeling a bit odd, but she woke me up to get a bottle, so I went to get the bottle, and I thought, fuck, I, I need to fart, or like something's going on, it's indigestion or whatever, and then I gave her the bottle, I lay down again, and, and it got worse and worse, and then it felt like, um, like someone quite big was sitting on my chest, and then my one arm went numb, and I thought, oh my Jesus, I've heard about this. Having a fucking heart attack. So I'm trying to wake up. Obviously, the child was useless. Um, um, I'm fucking going into cardiac arrest. She's like, ooh, ooh, ooh. I'm like, fuck you, man. Fuck you. I paid for your whole birth, you bitch. Um, and then my other arm started going. So I couldn't, like, I couldn't raise an arm and I was breathless. And I was like, ooh. And you know, that just sounds like a husband who's like bored of babies and wants to just fuck, you know. Like, so so I, I, anyway, eventually I woke up the woman I was married to, and, and um, they got me to hospital, and wh- what happened, was I was having like a heart attack, small See, cock, and, uh, and so <laughs> what happens is you get an, you get an infection around your um, heart lining, and then it swells up, so your heart can't beat properly, and you basically go into like a version of a cardiac episode, but it was not, wasn't drug-related at all.
0: So what's the worst thing that ever happened to your drug, I mean, have you ever been arrested? That's actually one of my... no. You've no, never, never been arrested. No,
1: because you don't have to always hear the bad stories. You can be a successful drug addict. Like, <laughs> if you just use your fucking brain, y- you can actually use drugs, you can abuse drugs, and you can still have your money and your house. Okay, you might lose a marriage here and there, but the thing is, <laughs> my daughter lives with me. Um, you know, I mean, I haven't done drugs for like 12 years or even drunk, but, but um, you don't have to be at, like a fucking train wreck. You, know, you can have as much fun as possible, and on your third visit to Mill Park... You know, <laughs> you can make a decision and say, fuck it, I think we've done well here. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to stop this. So, right. so, yes, but there can be, um, you know, odd situations that you get into where you need a brain. I, w- I went to visit a friend <clears throat> who lived in the free state and he was quite a cool guy that used to come to town and then burn it, like burn it down for like two weekends and then go home and be a farmer and fucking settle down again. And that's how I managed to binge successfully for many years. We decided to go to him one day in, in, the, in the Free State, in a small town, which I... Fuck it, it was Bethlehem. And, and um, it wasn't Clarence. That's too exciting for this guy. He needed to, like, take drugs and then fucking atone, you know, like <laughs> like, like, like proper. Do you know what I mean? He needed a town which was surrounded by those Enchia cats, which are, like, specifically shaped to funnel hatred. And so... And so I, um, I went to visit him, and I got to his house and heard that he'd taken up bow hunting, which is, this guy's pretty fucking, like, you know, extreme. So his thing was he had to, like, hunt the animal down and then, like, personally fucking stab it while looking into its eyes, <laughs> you know, no guns or anything. So he'd shot this buck, and, he, and he'd, apparently, it had run off wounded, and he'd fucking run off into the bushes for, like, a day and a half. He wouldn't sleep until this thing was killed, and he was no longer suffering, so... So we had to wait for him, and and it dawned on me while we were sort of waiting for this guy that we were now with the owners of this place. There were these fucking hardcore Afrikaans men who had once seen me wear a dress and perhaps makeup (laughs) on television (laughs) and couldn't believe that they now had me surrounded. So (laughs) it was getting to like lynch mob kind of time. and. my friend fucking emerged with a rustle from the bushes and he was like covered in shit and blood and tears and he was carrying this fucking animal and praying for its soul. It was like the, you know, it was like the deliverance. Anyway, when he arrived and greeted me, they couldn't kill me, obviously, because now I was his friend and he was their guest and it was a whole. So we ended up having to stay at this farm and they decided instead of killing me to throw like a braai in my honor, which is a bit odd for a vegetarian. So, so <laughs> that was awkward. At about quarter to seven, when I just wanted to leave the farm, my friend just said, listen, man, we can't leave here. So I said, well, if you have any drugs on you, we must take them right now. Otherwise, I can't handle this. So we took all this ecstasy. <clears throat>
0: and
1: then a couple of hours later, I'm sitting with this dude with khaki, and I'm hugging him, I'm like I'm stroking his beard, going, you're not that bad. I don't think people understand you.
0: <laughs> if Steve Hoffman had only seen that. How different our newspapers would be.
1: (laughs) It was so awkward in the morning. Um, (laughs) I hated myself as much as him. Um, (laughs) So drugs can be bad. Yes, they can. Um,
0: Is is maybe the worst side effect of taking a lot of drugs the fact that David Bullard will remind you that you took them for more than a decade.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and never stop while he has a cigar and a fucking drink in his hand. Doesn't know that those are drugs because he's a well, he's a cunt basically. See, um,
0: um, Many of these people don't know who he is. So well, and that'll, thank, that'll, God, yeah. thank God, thank yeah. God, That'll show you what's happened to his <laughs> career, yeah. Exactly. Well, he's
1: desperate, you know. If he hears about this podcast, he'll retweet it saying, "I'm being defamed. I'm suing
0: everyone." And oh, I used to work at the Sunday That's Times. It's fine. He can sue me. I've got eleven rand seventy-five cents. <laughs> <laughs> Fine, it's fine. It's okay. I think he's blocked me on Twitter. He'll never find out about, about this I anyway. I think he has
1: blocked us. But I think he has other um, little like, fake accounts that he uses because he can't help it in case we oh, mention really? him. Okay. Oh, if he just sees his little hashtag or his little handle, he just starts sort of whacking one <laughs> off. Gets very excited.
0: Because you're, you're at war with a lot of people on the Twitter machine. Like uh, it's, it's Steve Hoffman yeah. and, and uh, David Bullard and I assume yep. Dan Ruitt. Uh,
1: well, and, uh, Dan Ruitt should be fought with. I mean, that's, that's prescription. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh we owe it to us. I think if you can read, you owe it to the country, like fight the stupid people who you know <laughs> pretend to be I mean, how can you be privileged and ignorant? That's that's really that's not yeah. acceptable.
0: <laughs> I am gonna ask you this uh, this first date question. Uh, can you be a good person and still like Steve Hoffmer? No. <laughs> I, I always suspected um, I thought it was gonna that be was hard it. questions. No, <laughs> I I always suspected that was the answer, but you'd be surprised how few people say it. Um, no. Well, okay. there's always
1: a but, isn't there? Like, like, I do like him, but, and then, you know, there's a but. If there's a but in your sentence, you're probably a bad person. I am. a but,
0: you know. So why does steam come out of my, my vagina? Well, because I'm so good at what I do. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> you're not the only one, I told, Warren. I told you you were getting paid, John.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, if you could travel back in time, mm-hmm. right, and you, you couldn't kill baby Hitler.
1: Okay, oh, well, that would be the obvious yeah, one, yeah. right, yeah.
0: Which baby would you kill?
1: Um, I'd probably kill... Well, here's a radical thought, you know, if... Uh, what? Somebody,
0: somebody's J. trying C. to get... JC,
1: <laughs> baby Jesus. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow, okay, you go kill baby Jesus with your fucking imaginary gun and your little imaginary you know bullets.
0: Just, you know he just comes back, right? Like, it's not... What a waste of a time travel experience.
1: <laughs> you ridiculous. can't kill someone who didn't exist. That is such a cop-out, like, you know.
0: Oh, I go back and I kill the Ghostbusters. You know, probably like, you
1: know, I mean, probably my, like, my history teacher from Standard Six, is such an asshole. Like, he just was a horrible, unhappy, awful human being. And it wouldn't affect anyone else in the world, but I'm selfish like that. <laughs> I'm not looking to change the world. I just want to kill that fucking guy.
0: But what is it about history teachers? Like, we also I could, had this guy who, who used to keep a bottle of scotch in his briefcase, and now I kind of respect it. But back then, I really. <laughs> <laughs> and then he would lift the lid of the briefcase, and he'd kind of duck his head down and drink from really? the bottle, of, straight from the bottle of scotch, in front of the class, like we couldn't see him. <laughs> <laughs> like it was like. <laughs> d- that's real know. alcoholism, because it's yeah. denial. You, yeah. you can tell I was doing really well at school because he was my <laughs> teacher. That was the, the way they assigned that.
1: <sighs> Drunk marking. Yeah. I think that's quite fun.
0: What's the worst superpower?
1: The worst superpower is smugness. Um, you see it on people <laughs> who know you've got really big dicks Or like women who just know That it doesn't matter what sex you are Everybody wants to lick them You know someone is so hot like It's, ho- it's hard to sort of almost like focus um, Those people That's the worst soup is, is attractiveness Because you basically get away with fucking anything And you never have to account for anything And you just You can be amazing
0: But you're actually an idiot You know what the, I fully agree with you But I'd still fuck them
1: Right, so there's that redeeming. Like, yeah, like
0: I, I understand on an intellectual level how right you I are. I mean, you're assuming that
1: they them. they would let you fuck. Them. I mean, that, that's well, what you're saying. You're saying I would fuck them. Yeah, but I mean, that's the point: is that we we can't fuck them. John, right? I'm
0: very, I'm relentless. Oh, so you're,
1: oh right. Okay, sorry. He's quite rapey, is what he's saying. Um,
0: well, I must be super rapey, John. This must just called me rapey. That's.
1: Well, you said you're relentless hey, look, when it comes to fucking strangers.
0: Fine, fine. You win this one, but. To get back at you, let's talk okay. about foot skating. You were in that.
1: <laughs> Fuck you, Warren. Fuck you. Uh, <laughs> yes, I was in that film uh, uh, and I will always be in that film and I, there's nothing I can do about that. <laughs> <laughs> you were also um, in straight out of no- Shut up, dude. <laughs> I don't care. We can talk about drugs, gang bangs, everything. I'll be honest with you. How dare you raise those two <laughs> films. I'll tell you what it is, man. I think. I think... I really love Brendan Jack I really do and yeah, I love yeah. him to this day and, and Brendan got tied up with someone who sucked the creativity right out of him and fucked him over and, and um, there was always this hope that he would like emerge and he would like do something r- brilliant and I still think he will but, uh, but it's, it's, it's testament to Brendan's madness like I, I really do dig him and, and I would probably do another film with him again because i don't care anymore like i've done those two that's on imdb forever so fuck it i'm like i'm like a hooker who's done too much anal i I can can pretend that i care i'll do it again so and i think local movies you know we have to break them until we get them right so so um yeah i mean i I think movies is a tricky one but yeah i was in those films and and they're really spectacularly bad
0: yeah yeah. But th- that's one of the weird things about, like, you've, I mean, literally, it's on your bio, you've done Royal Albert Hall, Hammersmith Apollo, Montreal Comedy Festival, Sydney, Comedy, you know, like, sure. all these things, and then, and then straight out of Benoni and foot skating, <laughs> but that's whereas the Joey joint. Rustin has done, you know, like, a lot of big movies and none yes. of those things. Yes. So, so why? What has happened? did you just? Can you not act?
1: Well, I, uh, I don't think I'm particularly good. Um, I um, no, I think um, I've never really focused on movies. I did it because I knew Brendan. Uh, yep. I haven't really. I don't go to movie auditions. In fact, uh, you had Vittoria on, and, and Vittoria was talking about a District Nine. I'm the only comic who wasn't in fucking District Nine. Yeah. Shalto phoned me. We used to talk like once a, a month. He was in Cape Town, and we would talk over the phone. And he had some really funny prank ideas. We would like talk. We like became mates. And then one day he said, "Hey man, do you want to come be on my film?" And I'm like, "What's your film?" And he's like, "Well, it's like Aliens in Soweto." I'm like, "Dude, I'm really busy. You know, I've, got, I've got gigs and shit. Like, I've got important things. Like, I'm doing new fucking Cadbury's launch. They have a new chocolate which is hazel and peanuts. Like, this is gonna be huge. Come on, dude. I can't fuck around with your film." And it was District Nine. So. You win some, you lose some. I could, could have been in District 9 and I wasn't fucking straight out of Benoni. So, so, you know. But I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining.
0: But I have one of those stories as well. Because <laughs> I should. Yeah, you're right. I should. They came. They, what they did for District 9 was they very sneakily, the, the, the kind of producers and the, and the director kind of came to comedy gigs and they sort of said to you, do you have any material about xenophobia or about racism that you want to do tonight? And they kind of implied to you, you know, because it might pay off and then and then like they came and they did that the one night i was there and then i did it and they came to me afterwards and they were like it was really good it was amazing and then 2 days later i flew and flew overseas and i lived in london for a year and i came back and everyone that had done that thing for them was in district 9 <laughs> so i view that as a great move on my career path <laughs> going overseas and then yeah making that happen <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> now one of the things that i suppose uh, i was can say that i definitely admire you for is that basically every year, every two years, you bring out a new one-man show. And yeah. it's one Like, it's a thing that a lot of comedians do internationally, but very few of us do here. Yeah. Like, what is that writing process that gets you an hour of material every year? What is that thing? Like, is, do you have a, a system? Uh,
1: do you have a yeah, so, it's a, it's a mixture of fear, doubt, and uh, and um, uh, that thing that uh, uh, other comics say they don't have, that rabbit drive. I mm-hmm. have that. Like, I don't sleep. Okay. Uh, I don't do it for audiences. Uh, I'm very grateful that people like what I do, but... Some, um, some hate it. I'm also grateful for that uh, because you need people like that to hate you. That's important. It's very affirming. But I um, I, I genuinely do this stuff because I want to do it. And, and, um, and, uh, so when I write now, I do a lot of, I think of an idea of, of a, I think of it as a legal argument. Like I wanna, I wanna follow a, an argument. So, so I find something that suits that. Then I do a lot of reading, and then I start drawing mind maps to try and connect the things that I've. It's, it's more broad topic based than actually writing one liners. And then I find that I once I've got that kind of mind map, then I um, I play clubs and and, uh, and try bits and pieces, and I see what works, kind of sort of, and then I just try and stitch it together. <clears throat> and then the only the show really only comes together in like the second or third show, actually. Now that I really know the, pro- like I used to think I'll get it right on opening night, but it doesn't always work. So I try and do a quiet opening, and then and then do a bigger opening when it's ready.
0: I get really drunk, and then is that what you? That's and the then what I remember you, the next day? Well, then that's like, my new material. <laughs> <right now. laughs> Like you guys have been impressed, right? <laughs> like,
1: I used to do that. I used yeah. to do that. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. I can. Now uh, the other. The, okay. This is this is now another kind of controversial sort of topic for right. you because this is a thing that I think it, people have been saying in the industry. Oh, John Vismus he he uses all the black comics. Right. <laughs> yeah, I like do. It's a, it's I a, do. I Like fuck you've them. got your comic. Yeah. <laughs> in yeah, secret. <laughs> Obviously, everyone's been talking. Yeah, there's a there's a website, John. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, 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 it's one of the, the things that kind of like people yeah. are saying. Do you know why that's Why that's happened? Do you know what's... No,
1: I think comics are inherently ungrateful. Um, I, I have worked <laughs> with a lot of comics. I haven't actually made any money out of other comedians, if, if I'm really honest. Like... Perhaps, um, perhaps the booking side, like the agency side, we you know we've we've paid for our business, but the production of other people's shows, we generally either break even or lose money. Yeah. So, so, so that you know, I, I'm not sure where it comes from. What we have done is build beautiful platforms for people, and then uh, when they leave, they learn that they are not the a comic on their own is not everything. Like, it takes a whole team. Like I don't do one man shows. I do like nine man shows. There's so many people involved in helping me, that um, that. You know, there's this thing where people get this idea that they're Dave Chappelle or Trevor Noah. Now, now they're both important because they, they teach young people that anything is really possible. But what they don't teach young people, why it's the worst thing for young comics is they now take that as the like norm and that's the entitlement. Like I must become – Dave Chappelle is like a, a very strange phenomenon on his own statistically for every one Dave Chappelle in America there are like hundreds of thousands of fucking disasters and, and Trevor Noah for a kid to go from Joburg to like the Daily Show is phenomenal and it's brilliant and he is doing a good job of it now I didn't think he was doing a good job at first but he was getting into it and now I think he's doing fine um, it's very dangerous to tell kids that that's like just something you just get you don't a- mm-hmm. and um, I like Louis Gawler because he's kind of worked very slowly over time and he's put all his own money into building himself an overseas profile, and he's done it on credibility. People love watching him, so they go and watch him, and he's played a container at Edinburgh. He's played 12 people in New York until most people would have given up. He, he hasn't like got fucking 100 million rand you know, like yeah. this. So, so I'm not sure what people mean by that, and, and I don't know why specifically black comics. Um, I think it talks to the narrative in our country right now. It's a very, very interesting heartstring that people are pulling on. Uh, there's no doubt. There's race issues that have to be sorted out. I mean, I get that. I don't know that comedy is the only place that it should all I- expect to be solved. Uh, I also think there's a leadership vacuum, and so people are using the race narrative to like fucking sideswipe a lot of other important issues. And people are conflating abuse, uh, uh, corruption, and failure as leadership with blackness. And and I'm not talking about white people. I'm talking about black people using that as a as a thing. And not all black people, but the ones in charge. Are hijacking that narrative. So, so, you know, I mean, pe- comics can say lots of stuff. I said I fucked a dolphin in the blowhole once. But, uh, you know, <laughs> what, does, what does that mean? <laughs> I didn't really fuck a dolphin in a blowhole. <laughs>
0: Shit, I was about to ask you for that story. Or <laughs> well, that dolphin's number. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> You, you sent me a rather... I just had to check my phone because you sent me a rather cryptic message. It said, yes. remind me to tell the story about Mark Banks right. Mira, and, the, and the airline pilot suit. <laughs> How does that work? Oh, I need so, to know that story. I, know, I so don't know. So, if you haven't
1: had Mark on this thing, you really should. Mark's the reason I do comedy. Like, Mark, uh, I, I started watching comedy when I was about, I don't know, 14. In Durban, he would come and play shows and I fucking love Mark Banks. I always have, I always will. I think he's my comedy... He calls himself my illegitimate mother and... and, uh, and um, it upsets my mum. But anyway, um, um, <laughs> I think she knows it's true. But, um, but, uh, but so so I've always loved Mark, and, and, and I still do. And um, So I was doing a one-man show in Port Elizabeth, like the second time ever. <clears throat> it's a very long time ago. I still drink heavily. So I was friendly with Mark. We... we got to know each other, and, and um, I, I kind of stalked him as a youngster, uh, he, he didn't realize I was stalking him, but I did for a long time, I followed him around whenever he was in KZN, I'd go to all his gigs, I'd learn his material, like I really fucking, I, I, I've, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm going to hear a worship mark, so, so anyway, I get this call, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm in PE, and, and I get this call, and he goes, hey man, uh, where are you, so I'm in PE, he said, oh, I'm in, I'm in Hanover, which was nearby-ish, and he said, what are you doing there? So I'm going to do a one-man show tonight. I, said, oh, no, I, I'm going to come. So I was like, fuck, this is amazing. So when I got to PE and like, got to my accommodation, I realized they'd given me this little apartment with two bedrooms and a kitchenette and a lounge. So I phoned him, and I said, look, if you're going to stay, why don't you stay at the flat, you know? So this fucking old Mercedes-Benz arrives. Mark jumps out with a suitcase, which had nothing in it. And, um, and uh, we unpack his, uh, I think, his T-shirt. And, um, <laughs> and so... <laughs> We go down to the show, and he goes, before your show, do you want to eat something? And I never eat before a show. Like, I just don't do that. So I said, yeah, because it was Mark Banks. I'm like, fuck yeah, I'll have a burger. And uh, like, I'm like, how the fuck am I going to eat and then do the show? But anyway, I ate with him because it was Mark Banks. And then, uh, and then we get to the show, and, and like, as I'm about to go on, he, he, I see him leaving. I'm like, aren't you going to – he's like, oh, no, no, I wouldn't watch this lot of shit. And he <laughs> – <laughs> he said, I've got a mate that I'm going to go and have drinks with. So he, like, fucks off. Like, so, <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so I'm like, okay. Anyway, he arrives as the show's ending, <clears throat> and he's like, when are you on? <laughs> so I'm like, you know, I've already been on. He's like, oh, well, that's a pity. And um, so we go out, and we start drinking, and uh, we end up in some little like, place in P.E. So he suddenly goes to his car, and he pulls out of the boot three Russian fighter pilot, like, hats. <laughs> Okay, and I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, no, we're going to go sit with those guys. And at this one table, there were those dudes from, like, the ZCC with their, like, <laughs> So he felt that if we wore these fuckers, we'd, like, we'd blend, you know? So, so we went in, and we kind of, like, sat with these dudes who were like, what the fuck are these people doing? Anyway, they had their, like, little ZCC stars. I don't know. I was very, very drunk. And, and then when we got back, I, w- I was uh, married to a very hippie person. And she'd given me this, like, herbal fucking... Fucking herbie blend. I don't know. So we were drunk when we got back. There's nothing to eat, so we mixed up this fucking I don't know what it was like, fucking powdered desert fame boss. I don't know what it was. <laughs> anyway, so we drank this shit right and then <clears throat> I passed out. And the next morning I woke up and I and I had this like I thought I'd had like a stroke. I couldn't I couldn't move. My my face was like numb and, and my body was all I couldn't move my arm and I thought, oh my god, I've had a fucking I've died or I don't know what's happened. And I looked up, and I was staring at myself. Mark Banks had ripped a mirror, like the whole <laughs> mirror, off the wall, and he lay it on me <laughs> I was sleeping. And I woke up, and I didn't know what the fuck was going on. Like, and he just said, "Look at yourself." <laughs> Apparently, he'd woken up in the middle of the night drunk with the biggest, most explosive shit on board (laughs) because of the stuff that I gave him. He he sat on the toilet, right, and he just let go and he woke up on the other side of the bathroom with a lump on his head and he'd shat his kidneys or something (laughs) terrible had happened. So he was furious. Fuck, it was the weirdest morning I've ever had in my life. Mark Banks was a little bit thinner. It was the weirdest thing.
0: <laughs> see, see, this is why I got Kajisa Ladiga on, because it forces you to come on and answer his stories. And now Mark's going to have to answer. Ladies and gentlemen, John Blismus. Thank
1: you very much.